You know, in our society right now, unfortunately, most people know about the religious God. Very few people know about the real God. And so I'm going to be spending some time over the next few weeks talking to you about the real God versus the religious God. And, you know, the Bible says the traditions of men, they make the word of God of none effect. And so we have to be very careful even ourselves that we don't let the tradition, the religion, uh, uh, into our lives. Uh, we don't want it in the church, but we don't want it in our lives in any way. Just things like um, th that uh, I want to get into today, but I want to talk about the real God. He delivers. The, the religious God has no power to deliver. We looked last week at the God who answers by fire. Let him be God. Everybody say, the God who answers by fire. Let him be God. And in the new covenant, God chose to answer by fire. I said in the new covenant, God chose to answer by fire. So anyone who rejects the fire, they have a religious God, not the real God. That's a little weak, but that's the truth. Anyone who rejects the fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they, I didn't say they weren't born again, but they're walking with a religious God who cannot deliver them, who cannot help them. And so everything to them is when they get to the sweet by and by. Thank God they're going to heaven. Their name is written down in glory. That's great. But there is a real God who still does the real things that he even did in the old covenant. He hasn't, the only thing that's changed is Jesus took your place and he took your sin and he took your guilt and he took your shame and he made sure that healing was available to you and the blessing was available to you, but God is still God. But God is still God. And so the old covenant God is ours, but we have a new and better covenant established on better promises because of everything that Jesus did in his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension. Amen. We have a real God who wants to do real things in the hour we've come to. Um, I, just so it doesn't get away from me, um, when, I when the Lord gave me that in December, he said, um, but if you'll look up, you'll understand the season and time, and you'll greatly rejoice. For what I will do for you in this next season, talking about this year, I will bring much joy and overcoming to the church like never before because you'll need it. Now, I didn't remember that when I said it because I would have might be like, because see, we want all the circumstances to change right now. We're not going to be happy. We're not going to be content until everything has changed. God didn't promise you that all the circumstances were going to change. But you see, they'll change for you when you believe for you. But you can't change everything going on in the world. But God will take care of you in the middle of them. And yes, your personal circumstances, he can change. But he said you need him for this hour. Aren't you glad that he has made provision for your need in this hour? Amen. So I want to remind you, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, 4 through 5. not going to preach. Well, I'm going to preach today. Uh, um, but I, I want to look at it. I think I am going to preach today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. These are our main texts. I rarely have main texts. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, King James. Um, it says, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. There's a whole lot of man's wisdom going around today. Everybody thinks they're expert about everything, and everybody thinks their opinion should matter to you. But the only opinion should matter to you, is what, and it's not an opinion, it's the truth of what God said. He said, my words was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and power. Everybody shout power. 
Hallelujah. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith cannot stand in, God, in man's wisdom. Your faith cannot, you can't have faith in the middle of man's wisdom. The Bible says it's earthly. It says it's devilish. But you have the wisdom of, uh, of God and the word of God. And then 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. First Thessalonians 1, 5 and 6. For our gospel. What is gospel? Everybody shout good news. And, and, and what is the good news? Well, it's everything that, that Jesus has done. It, it's what is for us. And I told the gospel, that same message can be preached in Madison, Alabama. It can be preached in uh, uh, India. It can be preached in the Philippines. It can be preached in Zambia. It can be preached in uh, Nicaragua. It can be preached in Chile. The gospel message works everywhere at the same time. If a message from a pulpit doesn't work in another nation, in every situation, it's probably not the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But, but aren't you grateful for the good news? I remember the Lord reminded me again last night. He said, I told you to tell them who I am and tell them what I've done. Tell them who I am and tell them. I tell you, he's good. And he's a deliverer. And he's real. Hallelujah. Our gospel came not to you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. Everybody shout power. God is love, God is holy, but he sure does have some power. I said God is love and God is holy, but he sure does have some power. And that power will deliver you and deliver you out of circumstances, deliver you out of all your trouble. He has delivered, he does deliver, and he'll always deliver. The real God is a delivering God. And he came in the Holy Ghost and much assurance. As you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, verse 6. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word with much affliction and with joy of the Holy Ghost. You have joy today? If you have joy today, all right. Let's look in the Old Covenant. We're not gonna, I'm not going to really read a lot, but Daniel chapter 3. Daniel is such an awesome book. We see God's delivering power. The real God has delivered. The real God does deliver. And the real God will always deliver. Amen. And so we got Dan, in, in uh, uh, Daniel chapter 3, we've got um, um, the, the three Hebrews, the Shadrach, the Meshach, and the Bendigo. And in verse, and in verse 5 of Daniel 3, they were told that any time they heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, and the psaltery, and all those musical instruments, that a golden image had been set up of Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and you've got to fall down and worship it. So we got these three princes, these three Hebrew children, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you know the account. You, 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 you got it in Sunday school, but I want you to get it and understand this this is not a story. This is an account of something happened that the real God did. This is not a story. It's not cute. It's not awesome. And, and, and you know, it's not just a play. This is a real account of something the real God really did. And these three Hebrew children, now these are these three that they would not bow down and worship this idol. They would not change their mind about it. Even though the bishop says it's okay. Even though a denomination says it's okay. Uh, we're saying today sin is never okay. 
And we're not going to bow down to it. We're not going to just be in nice conversation and say it's okay. You don't have to be ornery. You don't have to be aggravating. You don't have to be irritating. But you do have to stand firm and you do have to not bow down. I'm not bowing down. I'm not bowing down. And they refused to bow down. And it, it made, it made inter, the internet mad. And it made Facebook mad. And, and they began to target them. They begin to target them. That they wouldn't go. The majority says it's okay. Let's all bow down and worship the statue. It's okay. Times have changed. It's time to worship the statue now. Let go of worshiping your God. If you don't want to get in trouble, if you don't want to be harassed, come on, bow down. Come on, bow down. Say it's okay. And, and yet they wouldn't. They wouldn't. And the king got furious. And the people got furious. And the internet got furious. And the news media got furious. And, they, and so they just said, okay, fine. We're, we're, this is what's going to happen. If you, I'm, we're going to play it one more time, and you better bow down or something's going to get you. And so, they, so here we are. And um, verse 15, and if you be ready at that time and you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, all the flute of the music, you shall fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if... And they'll be fine with you. If you'll just do what I say, just bow down, worship that, say it's okay, then everything's going to be fine with you. No trouble. We don't get any trouble here. But if you worship not, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get cast in the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is God? Who is, who is God? He's irrelevant today. Who is God? Who is God that you, will deliver you out of my hands? Come on, just go along with the crowd and it'll be well with you. But if you don't, your God can't deliver you anyway. Why? Because this guy, this king doesn't know the real God. He knows a religious God. And the world and everybody, most a lot of people around you, they don't know the real God. They know a religious God. They've made him up. They've made him up. The real God is found in the word of God and all that he's done. And I'm telling you, he's the same. And you and I have to realize more than ever, he's the same God. He's the same God. And what did these three do? Well, Shadmach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful. In other words, we've thought about this. And, and, and we, 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 we pondered it. We've thought about it. And we're, so, so this is not just um, a thing that we've come up with on the spur of the moment. We've thought about this. In other words, a lot of times you've got to make up your mind what you're going to do before the situation ever comes to you. Because in the moment, you might go a wrong way. But you got to make up your mind what you're going to do when the devil opposes you, when the devil brings something at you. you got to know what you're going to do when he comes. So I'm already ready. Uh, and it says, verse 17, and a lot of people, re religion even misinterprets this scripture. Because they don't know the real God. They know a religious God. They're trying to shape him for today. But here it says, if it be so. What does that mean? If you throw us in the fire, let me tell you what's going to happen. It's the spirit of faith. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. And, we, and he will. In other words, I've heard from God. 
I'm not just saying this, I've heard from God. So when they were debating this, when they were considering this, I believe God spoke to them because this is a spirit of faith. You can't do anything independently of your faith, what the will of God. It says, uh, and he will deliver us. Everybody say, he will. So everybody say, he will deliver me out of the hand of the enemy. Amen. And then verse 18, but if not, but if not what? But if you don't throw us in. Because see, they're princes. They're over areas. They're over regions. These are not just three ordinary men. These are three men in the government. But if not, because a lot of people say, well, if God doesn't deliver. Listen to me. What's the rest of it? Be it known unto thee, O king, that we shall not serve thy. You can't serve dead. When you're dead, you can't serve nothing. This is not about we will live or we will die. If you throw us in, God will deliver us. But if you don't throw us in, I don't care. I'm not bowing down. That's what it says. Be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image. I don't care how beautiful you made uh, an image of yourself. I ain't bowing to it. So throw us in. Throw, don't throw us in. That's up to you. But God's going to deliver us. And if you don't throw us in, I'm not bowing down. Amen. And then you know what happened? The king got really ticked. And he heated it up seven times hotter than it ever needed to be. And those guys that threw him in, they all died. And you know the account because I got so much more to preach to you today. I got to hurry up. You know the account. What did the king say? We sent three men in there bound. But I see someone that looks like the son of God. How did he know that was the son of God? I think he's starting to have a revelation. Something's got to be, somebody had to say something to him, some kind of witness, some kind of knowing. He he didn't even believe in God. And suddenly he sees someone who looks like the Son of God. How does he know what the Son of God looks like? This must have been a spectacular happening. And then he said, I see four men walking in the fire, loosed and free. And then we know they got out. And we know what? That, that fire that killed the, the guys that put them in, that didn't even singe their hair. It didn't burn their clothes, and they didn't even smell like smoke. God is not only able to deliver you, he's able to deliver you in style. He's able to deliver you without even the smell of smoke on you. He's able to deliver you, and it's kind of fun in the middle because you're watching God move. You're watching God work, and the thing that they, they were bound and the thing that they meant to destroy them, how did, it, how did it burn up the ropes and not even touch them? Yeah, sometimes God is in the fire, but it won't hurt anybody. Sometimes God is in an earthquake, but it doesn't destroy anything. I'm telling you, he's an awesome God. And then later on, we see Daniel. Y'all remember Daniel? Uh, y'all remember Daniel? He, he was in, he, my goodness, he loved God. And, and he honored God. And he was, uh, he, he was such a, a strong man that the king, um, uh, the, Darius, he, he, he had president, he had three presidents. And Daniel was the first president. In other words, Daniel is, is a top dog. And he's not even of them. He, he, he's he's an Israelite, a Jewish man, and yet in this government, he's very high. He's esteemed. And then there's princes, 20 princes under them. And so they have this vast kingdom. And so uh, uh, the king was about to make Daniel just in charge of everything. He was just going to let it all go and let Daniel be in charge. And the princes and the other presidents heard about it, and they got jealous. And uh, the devil always works through, uh, especially 
in the old covenant, he works through people. And he still does today. So these people, I believe inspired by a, a devil, by a demon, decided to take Daniel down. And so they tricked uh, the king to sign a decree about anyone who no one's going to pray to anybody except for the king. And I don't know if the king had a momentary lapse or he's like me. Um, LaJoyce always, she's not in here. She's going to be a second service. She's on our board. Uh, she always puts things in front of me. And where I just got a little thing that says sign here. And I sign it. And, and I didn't read it. And she told me, one day I'm going to own your house. <laughs> so I... Pastor Rhonda has to read stuff. And so, and I have to trust LaJoyce. <laughs> that would be bad. Anyway, so I don't know if he didn't read it. I don't know what was up. Or just had a momentary lapse of, yeah, I'm great. I don't know what happened. But you know what happened? Uh, so Daniel knew, because he's second in charge, he knew the decree had been there. And he bowed and prayed anyway. He bowed and prayed anyway. Prayer to him was not a ritual like it is most people today. I'm going to have to jump ahead because of what time it is. Prayer to a lot of people. Now listen to me. Now don't get mad at me. But you hear a lot of people say, well, I'm sending you my prayers. You don't send nobody your prayers. Don't send no prayers. That's religious. No wonder the world's mad. Because see, sent prayers don't do nothing. It's a religious saying. And what does it do? It waters down prayer. You can tell someone, I prayed for you. Tell them what scripture you prayed. Tell them what you prayed. That you really prayed for them. Even in our circles, people come up, pray for me. What for? I don't know, just pray. Well, how will you know if you ever get it? Come on, we don't pray to talk. I remember one time they were asking me to pray in front of some council or something. And, you know, because no time I've ever been there, I've seen people do it religiously. But the Lord said, don't you walk up in there and bow to that. You pray the word over them. You pray the word. Because, see, when I pray and when you pray, the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. This is the confidence that I have in him. Whatsoever things that I desire when I pray, I know that he hears me. Amen. If I abide in him and his words abide in me, then I'll ask him whatever I will. See, prayer means I'm talking to God and God's going to answer me. Religious prayer is throwing up some words to soothe their conscience and telling someone I'm sending prayers to you. It just soothes And what it does, it diminishes the power of prayer. And it's no wonder the world is mad because sent prayers don't do anything. Real prayers do something. Tell somebody what you prayed. You know how people come up to me, will you pray for me? You know what? I do it right then if I can. Can't always do it, but I do it right then. What do you want to pray for? What scripture are you standing on? Usually they're not standing on any. So we got to find them a scripture to stand on. we got to pray the word over them. Prayer works. And Daniel wasn't doing this out of religion. He bowed down to pray. Like, you're not going to cut off me and God because you made some decree. You're not going to cut off my relationship because prayer is also fellowship. 
You're not going to cut my fellowship off with God. And probably what they all didn't know, the reason that Daniel raised so high is because God probably told him, I know not probably, God told him what to do and how to rule. That's why he looks so smart. Come on, God will make you look like a genius too if you'll follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. So we know what happened. The king signed a decree. Daniel went into the lion's den. The king got all upset. He fasted all night long. But I want, I want you to, the king suddenly got into a spirit of faith. The king himself. So Daniel must have rubbed off somewhat on the king. And so I want, to see, I want you to see this. Uh, Daniel chapter 6. Um, Verse 16, the last part says, your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Everybody say, he will deliver you. Come on, when we're praying for someone else, we have a spirit of faith. Your God, whom you serve, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. He, come on, look at your neighbor and say, he will deliver you. He will deliver you. And then in verse 27, verse 26, uh, um, so, well, let's just let's finish the story. So what happened? The king comes running out in the morning early. It's like, Daniel, Daniel, your God, he protected you, right? Uh, 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 your God, whom you serve continually, he's able to deliver you from the lions, right? And Daniel answered and said, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel, and he has shut the lion's mouth and has not hurt me. So this tells me this. When I obey God and when I do what God tells me to do, then I'm in line for angels that shut the mouths of lions. Amen. I'm in line for God to protect me because of what Jesus has done. He has delivered me. He does deliver me. He will always deliver me. The real God, he delivers. The real God who answers by fire is the real God who still delivers his people today. Amen. Daniel was obeying God. The three Hebrew children were obeying God, and God delivered them out of their trouble. And then at the end, all the time, at the end of the three Hebrew children, remember what that king did? He made a new decree. Because, see, when we stand up and we be who God made us to be, then there's a new decree that I believe should be coming to the earth because the people of God stand up and serve the real God so the real God can be the real God through us. And then a new decree is made. And then a new decree is made. The the God of of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, we're going to honor that God. We're not going to disrespect that God anymore. Amen. And those three got a, got a promotion. Well, here now, Daniel, what happened to him? Well, I, the same thing. It said, uh, the king, verse 26, he said, I make a new decree. 626, I make a new decree that every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God. He is the living God. Everybody say, he's the real God. He's the living God. This king knew it for sure. Now, he thought he knew it, but now he knows it for sure. He's the living God. Come on, is he still the living God? Come on, is he still the living God? Besides Jesus being alive, is God the Father, he's still the living God. The Holy Ghost is still here, amen? For he's the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivers and he rescues. Everybody say, the living God. He delivers and he rescues. Oh, and look at this. And he works signs and wonders. Mind the king's prophesying now. Come on, this king who threw Daniel in the lion's den, now he's prophesying. 
He's like, he rescues, he delivers. Uh, he has signs and wonders in heaven and earth, and he has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. And so Daniel prospered. He prospered in the reign of Darius, and it went over to the next king, the, the reign of, I guess, Siren, Cyrus the Persian heard about it, and he ain't going to mess with Daniel. Can you see that? So much more. Well, let's go to Jesus. Jesus, the real God. He's all God and he's all man. He comes to earth. What does he come? What does the real God come preaching? Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Talking about this one thing. There's so many things in there, but this one thing. He came to preach deliverance to the captives. The real God delivers. The real God delivers. I said the real God delivers. The religious one they made, you talk and talk about him, but nothing ever happens. But you see, that is not the way this works. The Bible says in Mark 16, 20, and they went forth everywhere, preaching the word of God, and the Lord worked with them, confirming his word. So what you believe from the word of God is what God is able to confirm or show his power on or demonstrate about. Remember, we don't come with men's words of wisdom, but we come with the power of God, that your faith would not stand in men's wisdom, but in the power of God. God is love. God is holy, but he has a whole lot of power. And we need to see it in this hour. I said, and he wants to show it to you in this hour. He wants to show it to you individually. He wants to show it to you and your family. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus, one of the things he came preaching is, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to bring deliverance for you. And just a couple places where he showed it. Um, do you remember um, that they were on their way to the Gadarenes? Jesus got in a boat. And so we'll just read a little bit. Let's read uh, Mark's account. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And in the same day, when the evening was come, he said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. So when they're in the will of God, it's time to go to the other side. And when he had sent away the multitude, uh, they took him even as it was in the ship, and they were also uh, with other little ships, and there arose a great storm. I remember when Rick Renner was here, he talked about the arising of this great storm, really that it was a demonic thing, and he showed us from the Scripture, and I don't got time to do that, but there was, this wasn't just uh, a natural storm. This was something the devil had caused and stirred up, and so now there's this big storm. And uh, there arose a... And, um, uh, and there arose from the storm great wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. So now the f ship that they're in is full of water because of the wind, and it's sinking. How many know ships full of water do what? They sink. And where is Jesus? He's in the back of the boat. W what's he doing? He's asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said... Don't you care? We're all dying. Don't you care? Oh, the devil would love for you to take a fist and shake it at God and say, Don't you care? The world is going a mess. Don't you care? That's what the heathens say. That's what the religious will say. But you and I know better. You and I know better. Even in the middle of calamity, Job, who's often misunderstood, remember his wife even said to him, why don't you just curse God and die? 
And he's like, I'm not going to curse him. Because you got to understand, at least he had that revelation that I don't understand everything going on, but I know that this is a not God. But you and I have understanding on the other side of the cross. We know that there's a devil. We know that Satan is the God of this world. And we know he's created. Jesus himself said it. He said, I've come that you might have Zoe, the God kind of life, but the thief is the one doing all the stealing, the killing, and the destroying. And so they were like, don't you care? And he arose and he rebuked the wind. So the God of deliverance, there's, you, have, you have dominion, you have authority. How many know you have that in the name of Jesus? Everybody say, I have authority in Jesus' name. And he rebuked the wind and he said something to it. He said, peace, be still. Y'all try that on for size. Everybody say, peace, be still. Now, you don't have control of everything, but you do have control of your dominion. You have control of your life. You have control of your body. You have control of your household. You have control of you. You can't control everybody all the time, but you have control of what comes at you. Say it again. Say, peace, be still. And then what happened? Then there was a great calm. And then he said to him, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? You see, if you believe in the real God, you know no matter what happens, he'll deliver you out of all your troubles. Fear holds you bondage. Any kind of fear is not acceptable in your life. You can, don't let it in any door of your life. Don't let it in any door of your heart. This is not the season for you to be messing with fear. Now, a lot of people call it wisdom. Well, we got to have wisdom. just depends on who's you walking in. Because I've had God tell me some things in the middle of whenever some other people were having fear. I remember one time we were taking a missions trip to India. And uh, it was a weird time. I think there was not only, uh, I, we love the nation of India, not talk about, about it at all, but India always has stuff going on, just medically stuff. Uh, you just have to know you're in the will of God all the time. There's always things. But this time was a special time. Uh, India and Pakistan were really mad at one another, and they had their nukes aimed at one another with their fingers going around the button just to make sure, you know, we might do it. And so we told everybody who was supposed to go on this trip to India, you can't go if you're in afraid at all. We could, you know, if we get stuck there, if there, a war breaks out, you can't go. But the Lord told us to go. Now, that doesn't sound like wisdom, does it? Don't get quiet on me. It doesn't sound like wisdom. Uh, matter of fact, we had a lot of natural counsel. I don't think you should go. It's not wise that you should go. It's not good that you should go. Yeah, but the Lord said go. And I know the voice of the Lord. And so we just told anybody on the team. We did have a few team members drop off, but they had to drop off. You can't go somewhere in fear and be protected. But you see, when you do exactly what God says, you're the, I was safer in India. We were safer in India than we were here because there we're in the will of God. I had this one time, this lady, um, she was a nurse, and we were in Brazil, um, and we were going to the garbage dumps, unfortunately, where people live, and we were going to minister to them and take them some things, and it was awful. It, it, was, it was the most demonic, nasty thing I think I've ever seen in my life, human beings living like animals. And so this nurse, um, she was a nurse, and she said to me, not to the team leader, but to me because I was helping, she said, we can't go. She said, we can't go to a garbage dump. She said, we'll all get sick. And I said, well, we're going, but you may not go. And she's like, what do you mean I can't go? I'm like, you can't go. You just told me you can't go. 
so you can't go. We're all going, but you can't go. She said, well, if you're all going, I'm going. I'm like, no, you can't go. And then so she told the, team, the, the person in charge, um, I've changed my mind. I want to go. So the lady said, okay, you can go. So the lady went, the who, one who said we're all going to get sick. Do you know what happened to her? She got sick, big sick. The deal is this. A lot of people are in assumption, though. If the Lord hasn't told you to do it, don't do it. But if the Lord tells you to do it, you better do it. So the Lord told him to go to the other side. So that was where they needed to go. And so they could have used their faith, but Jesus stood up and used his faith. Everybody say it again. Peace be still. What happened? Calm. What did he say to them? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? Because, see, fear comes from I don't trust you. Fear comes from I don't trust you. Fear with your money, I don't trust you. Fear with your family, I don't trust you. Is that, are you all okay? But you have to realize it sometimes. Because the world, one of the things the devil is doing right now, fear, 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 fear. Everything that's gone on in our nation over the last three years, if you'll go back to the root, it's all fear-based. Every problem that has arisen is fear-based. Who's that from? The devil. He's inspired it. You and I as the church, we got to raise up above it. Take our authority over it. It can't affect us. It can't come into our family. It can't come into our church. It can't come into my city. It can't come here. What am I going to use? I'm going to use the Word of God. I'm going to use my authority in the name of Jesus that's above every name. Amen. Come on. And the real God whom you and I serve will be there to back us up. He is able to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego out of a burning fire. He is able and he did deliver Daniel out of the lion's den. And those same lions end up tearing everybody else up the next day. Just a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it'll not approach me. I'll only see with my eyes the recompense of the wicked. And then the reason this storm came up is because when Jesus got to the other side, there's a man who comes running naked, screaming at Jesus. We know him as the madman of Gadara. The Bible says about him that he had unclean spirits, that he didn't have a home. He lived in the tombs. And I believe after studying this that it was the demon, that the legion that possessed him that caused the storm to try to keep Jesus from coming to help this man. And this demon that obviously was a regional thing that he thought he, this demon thought he was large and in charge of this area. And he didn't want Jesus coming, disrupting anything. And so here comes this man naked, um, running to Jesus, no home. And the Bible says about this man that no fetters, no chains could hold him. He broke them all. And then once again, here it is again, this man cut himself. Cutting is very demonic. 
It's nothing new, but it's still demonic. Devil inspired. Trying to even take out a whole generation. It's demonic. And if you've ever done that, Jesus will deliver you from all of your fears, all of your problems. The Lord's the only one he can help you. And so remember what happened. Jesus cast the devil out of this man. All those demons, remember they went, ran into the, the pigs and all those ribs went to waste. What a shame. What a shame. And then the man clothed and in his right mind. Watch this. The religious became afraid. When the power of God really starts moving, it's the religious. It's those that don't know the reality of God. They get afraid. And you know what those people did? This man is sitting in his right mind. He's clothed. He's good. And the people said, Jesus, go away. Jesus, go away. We don't want that kind of power here. We'd rather see this man bound. We'd rather see him in the tombs. We'd rather see him cutting himself. That we understand. But this delivering power, we don't understand it. Get out of here. And if you'll see, both accounts in, in Mark and Luke talk to him. They say, you got to go away. Get, get out of here. Now one, in, I think it's Luke's account then. Remember the man who was what we call the madman of Gadara. He came and he worshiped the Lord. And he's like, I want to go with you. Can you imagine living in the tombs and naked and, 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 and even though he's possessed, he's somewhat knowledgeable of who he is and what he's doing because he ran to Jesus. The de- I don't believe the demon ran to Jesus. I believe he got a hold of himself for a minute and he ran and worshiped the Lord because demons don't worship the Lord. They understand who the Lord is and they said, You're not gonna, are you here before our, our time to torment us? I believe, I believe that, that man, and I've dealt with this before, and people, there are times they do know who they are. There are times they want to get free. They just can't because they're possessed. Now listen to me. You don't have to go looking for that stuff, but if it shows up, you got a name that's above it. Listen, I know and I grew up in Christian circles where every, they thought everybody had a demon. That's just a bunch of nonsense. Like my grandma would say, that's a bunch of hooey. Not everybody needs delivered. Some people just got to put their flesh under. Wednesday nights will help you do that. Hallelujah. Anyway, and so, so here this man was, and Jesus said this to him. No, you can't go with me. But this is what I do want you to do. I want you to go back, and I want you to tell everybody who I am and what I've done. I want you to tell everybody who I am and what I've done. And so the man did that. Anybody ever heard of Jairus? Anybody ever heard of the woman with the issue of blood? Same region, maybe at most three miles away from, from what I can study out, three or four miles away from where the madman of Gadara was delivered. He went back. Anybody grateful for the teaching of the woman with the issue of blood? Anybody grateful for Jairus? I believe it came from the man who had the demons, who went back and told everybody what Jesus had done. And then it says, they welcomed Jesus. One man, at first, I don't want that. 
Jesus, you got to go. We don't understand this. We don't understand this kind of power. We don't understand this. Get out of here. And then the man who was delivered went and told everybody. And then Jesus was able to come back. Come on, you be like the, you know, I don't know what you've been delivered of. I don't know where you've been delivered out of. But can you not be, can you and I not be the people who are making way for the Lord to come into somebody else's life and change them forever? Amen. Oh, I got so much more to tell you. <laughs> Paul and Silas, after obeying God and casting a demon out of a little girl, they're in stocks after they've been beaten. And the prisoners heard them praying. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. Listen, if we got to get back to anything as the body of Christ, we need to get back to power praying prayer. Praying. When they prayed, if you study in the book of Acts, every time there was a move of God where people got born again, you can always trace it back to prayer. A movement of prayer. Prayer is so important. Why do you think the devil's going after it morning, noon, and night? Prayer, prayer. Prayer doesn't work. Prayer doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work with a religious God, but it works with the real God. They prayed and they sang praises. And suddenly, suddenly, there was an earthquake. Come on, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the fire got rid of their bonds, but it didn't singe them. It didn't hurt them. It didn't get on them. This earthquake was from God, but there was no devastation. All it did was get them out of their stocks, got them out of their chains, and every prison, every, not just their prison door, every prison door was open. And you remember what the jailer said. He started to kill himself. And what did Paul say? He said, don't harm yourself. We're all still here. So they weren't praying and praising just to get out. They weren't praying and praising just to get out. They were telling God who he is and what he's done. And it was an amazing thing. And then you know what happened? There's, every time God delivers, there's always something special that happens. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, a new decree. They were lifted up. He, he's the real living God. Daniel, uh, he, he was, uh, there's a new decree. A new, Daniel prospered. Everything changed. Um, after the storm, Jesus got to the other side. One man's life was changed, but a region was changed. Anytime you let God deliver, deliver you. You let God get you out of stuff. You serve the real God who is a deliverer. Jesus came to preach deliverance to the captive. You let him do that to you. And then right after that, there's an elevation. Right after that, there's something big about to happen. Come on. God wants to show the world that he is still the deliverer. He is still the powerful one. He's the God who answers by fire. He's real. He's alive. We don't serve a religious fake God who does nothing. When we call, he answers. When we pray, power comes. Paul was on a ship in the middle of a storm, couldn't do anything about it. Sometimes, so if you keep looking around at all the circumstances I told you, you would be confounded. 
But if you'll lift up your eyes and look to me, the author and the finisher of your faith, I will deliver you. I have raised you up and I have set you on high. So it's time to speak the name that is above all names. Declare and decree Jesus the Son. Declare and decree Jesus the Deliverer. Declare and decree Jesus the Healer. And I will show up on the scene and I will deliver you and set you on high. And promotion, it is nigh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Come on, let's lift our hands and thank God. Father, we magnify you. We give you glory. We give you honor. Paul was in the middle of the storm. He didn't create the storm. He tried to avoid it. They wouldn't listen. Now he's in the ship because they're all going to die. And he's praying. And the Lord comes. And the Lord comes while he's praying. Come on, y'all. The Lord can't show up just by us being entertained. The Lord showed up when he prayed. He got in the middle, in the middle of a ship. Everybody else thinks we're going to die. Paul got in the middle of the belly of the ship, and he began to pray, and he began to pray, and he began to pray. He began to pray. And God came. And God came. And God came. Told him what to do. Told him what to do. Instructions of how to live and keep everybody else alive. It's not just for you. Not, it wasn't selfish. It wasn't because Paul was willing to give his life. His life was not his own. He knew where he was going. But all these other guys, they're going to die. Many of them are going to go to hell. So he prayed. And I, I know the Lord said, okay, I'll give them, all of them, I'll give them to you. But you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And Paul told them, if you get past this, you won't understand it. He said, basically, you're going to have to shipwreck on an island to be saved. Well, no, 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 I don't want to be shipwrecked. I, 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 want, I, want, I want you to get the wind. I want this the storm to stop, and, and I want the wind to get behind us, and I want to go to that port where, where the resort is. But that's not the way out this time. So there's a, and, and you know what? A lot of times when people pray, I got to let you go, I know, but I need to help you. There's a lot of times when people pray, they want it to be over, then, amen, and then it's over. There are 14 more days of this. 14 more, two more weeks. Well, Pastor, this has been three years. Well, what if it's three more? What if it's three more? What then? We, we can't be. Are you prophesying? I'm not prophesying. But you see, you're so waiting on the circumstances to change. You got to have joy in the middle. You got to know that God's going to deliver you. God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. And he can give you those around you that don't know him. But you know the real God. And he prayed and God answered. They ended up wrecking on the island. Was it Melitas or something like that? I don't have time to look. Starts with an M. And remember what happened? The first thing that happened was it was all glorious. 
Nothing went bad. No, a serpent came out and bit Paul and he should have died. Well, I just thought everything should turn. I mean, here in the island, shouldn't everything just turn around? But the real God delivered him again. And then they saw, something's up with this dude. I think he should be twice, three times dead. But somebody's keeping him alive. Maybe we ought to listen to him. Then Publius said, you know, his father was sick, getting ready to die. Paul laid hands on him. He was healed. Then they had a healing meeting. Lots of people on the island were healed. They were there for three months. But they rebuilt their ship. They got everything they needed. And they sailed on their way. And then Paul went off to Rome to go to prison. Praise the Lord. 